Hello, everybody. I'm Koi Kemishloy, along with Jerry Green. We're going to give you a little NFL Week 5 recap. How are you doing on this fine night? I'm doing good. How about you? Well, Eagles lose. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, let's jump right in. Okay. Yeah. So right. the Steelers won. I mean, that's all I got. I mean, it was 38-29. to 29. The Eagles at least put up something of a fight. Um, Wentz did not have a good week through two more interceptions. That's nine on the year. He's the NFL leader. Um, and just reading off some Wentz stuff, um, spoiler alert, it's not going to be good. This is this season. He has the worst completion percentage of his career, lowest touchdown percentage since his rookie year, lowest yards per game since his rookie year, slowest passer rate of his career, lowest QBR since his rookie year, lowest yards um, per attempt and air yards per attempt of his entire career. And it's just been a nightmare season for him so far up in the first five games. Um, you know, what do you think about Wentz and his, you know, horrible season up to this point? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to talk about, honestly. Um, and the part that makes me even more sour about it is that we're paying them 139 million over a bunch of years. Uh, it's not pretty. And at this point in the year, I'm already really, really pissed at the front office for not taking Justin Jefferson. Obviously, we don't know how Jalen Rager is going to be, but Jefferson's already yes. up an elite he's receiver. Looking like he's going to be a star. I mean, I, you didn't have to watch college football to pick Justin Jefferson. I'm pretty sure all, t- well, at least 30, 31 of 32 NFL teams should have picked Jefferson. Of course, we were the one team that didn't. Um, Travis Fulgham is actually turning into a really good player, solid player. He had a big day, 10 receptions, 150 yards, and a touchdown. So he's actually been pretty good. And quite frankly, I honestly think we should have won this game. Uh, Elliot missed that kick, which would have given us the lead. It would have given us only a one-point lead, granted. But, I mean, it's a 57-yarder, obviously a tough kick. But I I think it should could have been made. I'm not going to say should have, but, uh, I mean, you know what I mean. But... Steelers are 4-0 for the first time since 1979, so they're all obviously off to a huge start. And I, they look really good. I mean, Eagles kind – I mean, seriously, we could have won this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, Fulgham, his emergence probably the biggest headline of this week. But, you know, for the Eagles at least, um, for the entire game, that one would probably have to go to rookie wide receiver Chase Claypool who had four touchdowns. We'll get to that in a second, but back to Fulgham real quick. Um, yeah, he had 10 receptions, 152 yards and touchdown. Um, in his second career start, his first one was last week, which he did catch a touchdown in, I'm pretty sure. And he was waived three times in the month of August this year. So, you know, this guy really pretty much came off the street for the Eagles, and he's filled in nicely so far. Um with the injuries of, you know, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I mean, the list really goes on, doesn't it? But, yeah, yeah I mean, it's just – that's, like, one good thing to come out of this offense is him stepping up and, you know, maybe he'll be a good player. I mean, we've only really seen one uh, really good week out of him and two games so far, so you can't draw conclusions too early. But, you know, as it, as it looks so far, he might have a pretty good career and he might be, like, a long-term player. Um, in the league. Yeah, I mean, and I 
it's fun to watch. I'm glad to see a guy like this kind of like emerge and hopefully he continues to. But I mean, I got to say this one more time because I get so mad and I could go on and on about it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why we did not pick Justin Jefferson. I mean, yeah. put give Wentz some help. And quite frankly, Jerry, I think we trade Zacherts. I think we should trade Zacherts. I don't think he's going to be long term with this team. I don't think we'll resign him, and I don't think he's going to help us in a championship either. But uh, yeah, he's struggled so far this season, and um, you know, uh, they might have missed their window of opportunity to trade him because, you know, now teams know that. Yeah, he's like he's not having a great season. There's not as much of an appeal there. Um, if they could have, you know, I mean, obviously you don't really want to trade away your starting tight end. You know, long term franchise player Zacherts, who's really been with the Eagles since what was it like 2013, 14? Something like that. Um, but yeah, but you know, with Dallas Goddard back there, I mean, obviously he's on injured reserve right now. He, um, they need Ertz still, but you know, like. Maybe they should have considered um, working out some sort of a deal earlier on because now, you know, the trade value of him has decreased definitely and they won't be able to get as much of a return. But, you know, I still think I still agree with you 100% that they should at least look yeah. and consider at, like maybe, you know, getting an offer for him um, because, you know, him and Wentz haven't linked up so far and he just hasn't, him and Wentz, both of them, they've had terrible seasons up to this point yeah i mean and we obviously know he can be an elite player but it's it's not gonna do anything i mean we're not going to a super bowl uh now watch us finish the season on like 10 straight wins but no it's not gonna happen uh another key takeaway from this game sanders has been really consistent he had 80 rushing yards and two touchdowns so he's he's been pretty good and that's obviously good to see but uh let's go to the sealers real quick um Ben Roethlisberger had a nice day, 230 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. James Conner had a touchdown. And Steven Nelson had two interceptions, so it was a good day for him. And obviously you mentioned Chase Claypool. What did you take away from the Steelers? Um, Yeah, Chase Claypool. And um, Deontay Johnson actually went out in this one, which he had a back injury. Um, I'm not sure what his status is, how long he's going to be out. But, you know, hopefully he comes back soon because he was actually having a pretty – um, sneakily really good season up to this point. And, you know, Chase Claypool, um, he saw the window of opportunity with, you know, Johnson out. He was probably the guy. Him and Juju were ahead of him in the death chart. Johnson goes down, and Chase Claypool snaps up his opportunity and had four touchdowns. So um, I don't have the exact stats. Actually, yeah, he had seven catches, 110 yards, three receiving touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Um, and he also had, which was kind of the game ceiling touchdown. Now, I just want to talk about this play for a little bit. It was Chase Claypool. The, the Steelers lined up in like, they had an empty backfield. Claypool was lined up in the slot, and he was matched up with a mismatch, absolute mismatch against Nate Jerry, the um, Eagles linebacker, who's not exactly good by any means in coverage. And at this point, Claypool had already scored two receiving touchdowns and another on the ground, and he had been lighting the Eagles secondary up all game. Now this is like late in the fourth quarter. Um, Pittsburgh, they were on like the 10 yard line or it was probably farther out than that. Um, they were, you know, within scoring range, um, but not like on the goal line. So Claypool is matched up with Nate Jerry and like a man coverage. And 
Jerry just gets blown by, and it's an easy score for Claypool. And, you know, you got to question um, whose fault is it's not. I mean, Jerry, you know, he got completely burned, and he he was like – he didn't help at all. But, you know, you don't expect a guy like him to cover an explosive receiver. So is it Jim Schwartz's fault? Um, is this a problem, you know, that might have been solved if we had someone like Malcolm Jenkins still on the team who was – a really great leader, and maybe he would have figured something out there. Um, should the Eagles have called a timeout in the situation when they had that matchup? I don't know. Um, what did you think of that play in particular? Because that play, um, when the Steelers scored that touchdown, the game was completely out of reach for the Eagles, basically. It, it was awful. Uh, it was a third and long, I'm pretty sure. I think it was a third and ten. It was, it, it was just bad. I mean, I don't have much to say. I mean, you could blame a lot of different people on this play. And seriously, like, yes, it goes as a touchdown for Claypool, but this should this play should not have happened. Mm-hmm. It was, it was brutal. I mean, uh, Jerry, I don't know, Jerry. It's just, it's one of those things where, like, this is the stuff that is going to lose us more games if we can't figure little things like this out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you there. Um, they just, you can't let something like that happen on such a crucial, um, play and point in the game. Um, but. One last thing, I just want to touch on uh, Miles Sanders real quick. Uh, like you said, he had a pretty decent day when you look at the stat sheet, and he did look, you know, all right out there. He had a 74-yard touchdown, um, which was like a monster run. But he only had 80 rushing yards total, and 74 of those came off of the one touchdown. He obviously had another touchdown. Um, but he didn't have a very uh, productive day outside of that one big run, and but like like you said, I still think he's been um, probably the main, you know, main consistent um, positive part of the offense so far, I guess to put it. Um, because he's you know he only got he actually only got thirteen touches this game, so it was um, that was the least amount of touches he had all season. Um, but that was mostly because the Steelers, you know, the Steelers they have the number one ranked defense thus far. So they were really um, kind of shutting down the run game apart from that 74-yard run. Um, so I'm not surprised that they didn't, you know, feed Sanders the ball, especially with the passing game working out with Fulgham um, in particular. But, you know, that's about it. Um, I just wanted to say that it was kind of interesting how he got most of his yards off of that one play. But like you said, I still agree with you that he's been probably the best part of the offense so far. And, you know, he's a great young player that they have on this team. Yeah, so another Eagles loss in the book right now. It's one three and one. Uh, moving on, the Rams beat the football team thirty to ten. Not much to take away from this game. Jerry Goff threw for three hundred plus yards, uh, three total touchdowns and interception. Other than that, uh, Robert Woods had a nice day, and Aaron Donald had four sacks. So that was uh, yeah impressive for him. Yeah, but one thing I do want to mention, probably the biggest story coming out of this game, is that Alex Smith. Got to play his first snaps um, since his, you know, life-threatening injury, actually. Um, For those of you that don't remember, um, it was about two years ago, I think. Um, It was like a compound fracture in his leg, which unfortunately we saw another gruesome injury like that this week. But we'll get to that later. Um, A lot of you probably know what we're referencing when I say that. But, yeah, back to Alex Smith. Um, He had infections and stuff. And they were actually like, he was actually in like life threatening conditions at some point in his recovery process. 
but he's managed to work hard and make his way back to the NFL. It's a really inspirational story. And, um, you know, Dwayne Haskins, we saw him get benched, and Kyle Allen was the starter. Allen went down with an injury, and it was Alex Smith time. Um, so, you know, the fact that he even stepped on the field was a great accomplishment. And honestly, I think he deserves comeback player of the year just for, even if he doesn't do anything else the rest of the season, I just think it's so, like, the chances of him being able to ever even, like, walk again were so slim, and now he's out here playing professional football. Um, it's just great to see. But, you know, one concerning thing was that he actually got sacked six times when he went in. And like you said, Aaron Donald had four sacks and three tackles for a loss. Um, but, yeah, Washington's O-line did not do a good job of protecting him. But, you know, at least we got to see him play, and that was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, he he could – we kind of have to see how he does. I mean, who knows? Maybe he could be a, a good quarterback again. But in this game, Allen and Smith combined for 18-30 for 111 yards. So they could not do mm-hmm. much over that Rams defense. And I had one more quick note. Tressway punted 10 times. So <laughs> uh, rough day for the football team's offense. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to Cardinals versus Jets. Uh, the Cardinals won this one, thirty to ten. I'm. I don't think anyone's surprised. The Jets are terrible. Um, <laughs> Jets are own five at this point, and it doesn't seem like they have any chance of winning a game all season. I mean, if you look forward at their schedule, um, they do have to play Miami still, um, because of that um, NFC or sorry AFC East mm-hmm. uh, matchup. So they'll play Miami twice from here on out, and they will play the Chargers. And, you know, that's – apart from those teams, it's not looking pretty at all. I don't, oh, and 16. I don't see them getting a win, and I do see them getting Trevor Lawrence and probably trading Sam Darnold. But that's a topic for another day because we got even bigger news about the Jets. Le'Veon Bell has been released. Um, you know, he played the first – he played – his second game of the season this week, he played first week, got injured. He was on IR. Um, he came back, and he didn't look, um, you know, good by any means. And he, there was some lip readers caught him saying, I want to be traded on the sideline in the middle of the game. And, you know, that wasn't really a great situation to begin with. Adam Gase said, "We didn't. I didn't even want Bell on the team in the first place. Um, Adam Gase is just an idiot, so <laughs> I don't take anything for granted. Um, but, yeah, so Le'Veon Bell's released. He is signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, what do you think of this whole situation with Bell and the Jets and the Chiefs? <laughs> you know, uh, it's an interesting situation. I mean, Bell did not produce at all with the Jets. I don't think he had one run over 17 yards, I think I read. Yeah, that's so, – and he was under three yards per carry for during his tenure with the Jets. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it's Adam Gase, dude. He's such a clown. Like, I would say, like, just fire Adam Gase, but at this point he's, like, their biggest asset because they need him to go 0-16 so that they can get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, seriously. Uh, one thing I can say, free Darnold. They let go of everybody already. Uh, Joe Flacco played 190 yards in touchdown. And Jamison Crowder, a nice day, 116, 116 yards in touchdown. So only 15 other yards. I mean, not 15. Never mind. Scratch that math. And other than that, it was kind of a boring game. Yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins had another 100-plus yard day. 
Yeah, well, let's get into a more exciting game. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders defeat Super Bowl defending champions Kansas City Chiefs 40-32. to This one had me on the edge of my seat. Um, Derek Carr looked great. He threw a season-high 347 yards. He really linked up with Ruggs on that deep ball. Ruggs had two catches, but those two catches were for 118 yards, and one of them went for a touchdown. Um, the What's it called? The Raiders' offense just looked explosive. They put up 40 points on the board against you know a decent Kansas City defense, and their defense did a good job of containing um, the Chiefs because – you know, it was really a two-score game going in late. Um, the Chiefs had kind of a garbage-time touchdown. And here's a stat for you. Kansas City had 22 second-half yards up until 6.30 left in the fourth quarter. So for the first, for the third quarter and the first half of the second quarter, or the fourth quarter, sorry, Kansas City only managed to gain 22 yards. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what can you say other than the Raiders came out of the half and, you know, they obviously went over the right stuff. So that defense did their job in that second half. Uh, Derek Carr tweeted or did something afterwards saying that he wants his respect after this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? I think he deserves it. Uh, the Raiders are 3-2 and two now. Um, Aguilar and Waller had receiving touchdowns. But going to the Chiefs um, – there wasn't much, honestly, on offense. Like, Mahomes was good. He had 340 yards and three total touchdowns in reception. And Travis Kelsey did well with 100-plus yards touchdown. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill was okay. He had a rushing touchdown. But, I mean, seriously, the Raiders were just the better team in this game. Yeah, um, Mahomes, he did look good, but he had a crucial – there was a crucial moment in the game. Um, they were, you know, driving for a comeback, and he threw an interception late that – if they had scored on that drive, it would have been a real game. But, you know, that really killed them. They killed their comeback hopes. So, you know, I'm kind of holding that one against Mahomes. It wasn't a great – it was kind of like his fault. The interception really was his fault. But Derek Carr, I mean, what can I say? He outplayed Patrick Mahomes, the former MVP. Carr, you know, his whole career, like, he's just been a really unexciting quarterback. Like, he just throws a lot of checkdowns, doesn't throw the ball deep very often. Um, but this week, you know, I guess the Raiders, um, their solution to that problem of him not throwing the ball deep was to draft Henry Ruggs with that, was it the eighth pick? Um, you know, he was probably the best deep ball threat, unless you want to say CeeDee Lamb in the draft. He's got that explosive speed, and he really, I mean, Carr, I guess they added some speed to the second, or to the wide receiver core. And it encouraged Carr to start throwing deep because this game he started doing it. Um, Raiders had four plays of 40 plus yards. One of those happened in weeks one and four combined for them. So that's, I mean, they were able to get those chunk plays more often. And that really helped them. Um, their offense put up more points. The Raiders almost put up 100, or sorry, 500 yards of total offense. And one more stat for you. Um, Carr in this game averaged 12 air yards per attempt. So per like throw, he averaged he threw it av- on average 12 yards down the field. That's the second highest for a game in his career. So like I said, like he really loves to throw those checkdowns. But this week he was feeling a little riskier and he was throwing it deep and it paid off. 
Yep. So good game for the Raiders, and they defeat the Chiefs, who were undefeated before going into this week. Moving on to the Jaguars and Texans. Texans get their first one of the year, winning thirty to fourteen. They go to one and four, as do the Jag- Jaguars. Deshaun Watson was okay um, through two interceptions, despite three hundred fifty nine yards and touchdowns, but. I mean, David Johnson was good. Brandon Cooks was good. There wasn't much to take away from this game. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to point out for the Jaguars, and I keep saying this in previous podcasts, LaVisca Chenault just continues to be one of the main targets for the Jaguars, and he was a later pick. I think it was like second or third round or something for the Jaguars. He had seven receptions for 79 yards in this game. Uh, and, yeah, there's not much to say about this, I I think. Yeah, maybe the Eagles should have taken LaVisca Chenault instead of Jalen Rager. Um, so yeah, moving on to Baltimore versus Cincinnati, Baltimore won in blowout fashion. Um, since he only put three points up on the board and, you know, Baltimore, there's not much to say about this game, but Baltimore's defense was just raining terror on, uh, the Bengals and Burrow in particular. Um, his former college teammate, Pat Queen forced a fumble on him from behind. Actually, it was a really hard hit and Burrow's just been getting beaten up all season. The Bengals' O-line is trash, and that's why I think that Mixon is such a underrated running back because he has so much talent. He's able to do so much with the, that trash offensive line that they have. But Burrow has been sacked more than any other quarterback, and I should note that Wentz is second in that category. Um, but, yeah, Burrow just gets beat up every week. And Anything else to say about this game? Uh, real quick, I want to talk about Lamar. Uh, two, a couple shocking things. Lamar only ran the ball two times this game for a total of three yards, so he kind of took away half his game in this. And, I mean, some could say it's just to not get hurt because he's playing a bad team. But, seriously, uh, Lamar hasn't been incredible yeah. this year. I mean, honestly, I don't think he's top five so far this year. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously you'd have to say Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Honestly, you might be able to put Ryan Tannehill in this category. Yeah, he's been going off. Yeah, we'll get to his game later against the Bills. They actually pulled out a really blowout win. But, yeah, I mean, I would say those three, um, I don't know. But maybe Mahomes, I don't know. But Lamar's definitely not in the top five. He's been, you know, not him, not his uh, former self this season. But, I mean, Baltimore's still been getting the job done. Uh, they've only lost one game, which was to the Chiefs, and they really looked pretty bad in that game. And that's really the toughest opponent they played so far. So, you know, I would argue that maybe he hasn't had to do so much, but he didn't do it against the Chiefs. And I don't know. You know, he just has another great year, and maybe he'll start picking it up later on in the season. Who knows? But like you said, he didn't run a lot this game, and he hasn't been doing that as much this season. Um you know, part of that is they don't want him to get hurt, obvious for sure. But, I mean, it, I'd say that's probably really the only main reason is just that they believe in his ability to throw the ball. And, obviously, when they get in those tight situations where they need him to run the ball, they're going to utilize that weapon. But I don't think they really want him scrambling as often as he did last season because they're really, you know, they want him to be their long-term guy and they don't want – his career to be ruined like we've seen in the past um, with mobile quarterbacks like Robert Griffin III, whose um, injuries derail his career entirely. Yeah, and one last note for this game. The Ravens defense, I know we mentioned them earlier, but here's a quick stat line. Got a total of seven seven sacks, 
nine tackles for loss, one interception, three forced fumbles, and two of those were lost. So their defense, like you said, was just eating on those yeah. Bengals. They've been forced a uh, ton of fumbles this season. Yeah, moving on. Panthers beat the Falcons 23-16. to Panthers go to 3-2, and two and they're looking good. Bridgewater was really good. He had 300-plus yards, two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson had another 100-plus yard game. Mike Davis, I mean, continues to be really good, and especially as a receiving back, too. DJ Moore was fine. But the big the big note from this game, the Falcons fired Dan Quinn. Yeah, um, it's kind of been a long time coming. Uh, they started out 0-5, and this had to happen at some point. And, you know, Matt Ryan looked terrible in this game, and it makes you wonder. I saw someone say it. Uh, as a joke that Matt Ryan just wants to mentor Trevor Lawrence. That's why he's playing so bad. Um, because <laughs> the Falcons, I mean, they're un- they're winless. And, you know, on paper, they had just as much of a chance to get Lawrence as the Jets do, even though I'd see the Falcons at least competing in some games from here on out and definitely winning a few. Jets are a different story. But, you know, Dan Quinn's been fired. Um, we'll see who they um, replace him with. But... Yeah, he was, you know, he was he was like an up and down coach. He was just really, he wasn't, um, he wasn't able to finish out games, and that's been a common theme with the Falcons, is that they've let a lot of leads go in the fourth quarter. It's been like a staple of their team, and yeah, I can't say that I didn't see this coming, and I can't say that it wasn't deserved. Yep, and uh, other than that. Todd Gurley actually had a really good day, 120 yards touchdown, and Calvin Ridley had another 100-plus yard game. But moving on, this game was actually kind of a shocker. Uh, I had this game cut, being kind of close, but not like this. The Dolphins beat the 49ers 43-17. to Both teams are now 2-3. and three. And all I can say for you is Fitz Magic. <laughs> yeah, um, he sure has looked good this season. He threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns and only six incompletions. So he had a day. Um, and this San Francisco team, you know, Miami played good. And I do think that Miami are still one of the more underrated teams in the league just because of, you know, their past reputation of being trash. I think they actually have a really talented roster and that starts with their QB Fitzpatrick who, you know, he has his ups and downs, but when he's playing good, he's, he's, he plays good. Um, but QB group QB play was not consistent for both teams because Jimmy G sucked. Like, this might have been the worst game, like, I've ever seen a quarterback play. Um, obviously, he's just coming back from injury, so there might be some reason behind it. But the 49ers, they, you know, they just, their defense hasn't been great. Um, obviously, you let Miami score 43 points on you. That's in large part due to all the, like, numerous injuries that they've had. I believe they placed, like, 13 people on injury reserve so far. Um, which is league high. So, yeah, they're just suffering on both. I mean, it's on both sides of the ball. They've had tons and tons of injuries, and I'm they. some might say that this is like a Super Bowl hangover, but I think this team would be a, in a lot different place if they had, um, you know, better health. Yeah, and a lot of people are already coming on the bus that Jimmy G was a one-year wonder. I'm not ready to say that yet. But, I mean, seriously, in the future, 49ers are going to have to look for that quarterback position. Uh, I don't think I don't think Garoppolo will be too good for too long. Uh, I think he will be fine for this rest of this year. Bottom line is, Dolphins' offense was going off. 
And one last note, Jason Saunders has been one of the best kickers in the league. He was 5-5 five of five for field goals and 3-3 three three for extra points this game. So he's been really, I mean, obviously it's kind of weird to say, but he's been a bright side for this Dolphins team as well. Yeah, um, kickers are so weird to me. Like, I feel like this season in particular, like the best kickers have been one, Rodrigo Blankenship, two, Joey Sly of the Panthers, like three, um, Jason Sanders. Like, it's just been a bunch of guys like that you would not like. Obviously, the regular Justin Tucker, Harrison Butker, Will Lutz. Like, I don't, I just feel like this, it's so weird, like that how some kickers are better than others. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, moving on. This was a really good game. Cowboys beat the Giants 37-34. to 34. Cowboys honestly should have lost this game, in my opinion. But the biggest headline here, Dak goes down. And he is done for four to six months. Gruesome leg injury. Uh, his ankle just literally, I mean, I, ugh, I don't even want to talk about it. I will say, though, Alan Hearns' injury in the playoffs last year, I think, was much worse than this one. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, if you watch that game, it was the same injury, but Alan Hearns, I think, was much worse. But what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's actually going to be okay. Um, I had referenced Alex Smith earlier because this is a, he had a com so it's a compound fracture, which is when the bone like breaks through the skin. So yeah, that obviously looks disgusting, but there have been a lot of guys who have come back from it and been perfectly fine. So hopefully Dak is, you know, another one of those cases. I think they said he's going to be out four to six months, which would mean he's out for the season. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's just unfortunate. And, you know, luckily so far the reports have been that he's doing good surgery, went well and all that. And, you know, hopefully we see him back on the field next season because injuries are just not – they're like my least favorite part of sports in general. Um, but Andy Dalton, um, he's – I would say that Dalton is probably the best backup in the league. So that's one way to look at it for the Cowboys as a positive because they do have a guy who's, you know, he's proven himself before in the league. And Dalton, he got the win in this one. He was able to connect with Gallup on a couple of really clutch plays. And, you know, maybe Dalton can do the same job that Dak was. Like, Dak has been playing. He was playing great this season. Um, we mentioned it before that he was, like, breaking passing yard records. Um, you know, he does have a lot of weapons around him, but I think that, personally, he was, like, the number one thing that was carrying the Cowboys. He wasn't the reason why they were losing so many games. And it should be noted that they almost – they went out on an early lead in this one, but they almost blew it. Um, you know, their defense has just been terrible all season. Yeah, and uh... – Jerry, bottom line, if you let the Giants score 27 points on you, seven of those points, or they scored 34 in total, but seven were off of pick six. Mm-hmm. You let the Giants score 27 on offense on you? Jerry, that's not good. I mean, I'm I'm not a Cowboys fan by any means, but seriously, that defense has got to be fixed. Uh, Daniel Jones has struggled this year. There's not many bright sides on this Giants offense. I mean, Darius Slayton's been good. But, I mean, seriously, that's – if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm a little worried about that. Uh, but yeah, Darius Slayton was good. Daniel Jones, I mean, Jones is throwing you with inside. Yep, and inside two minutes, they could have t- won the game as they were getting the ball back, and the game was tied. And Greg Zerline had two kicks: the one the game winner and the one to tie it. 
both of these kicks I thought were not going to go in. I mean, both of them were right next to the right yeah. post, and uh, they were tailing. The, and I was like, oh my gosh, that ball's not going in. Like, everything about it, I think, was just so, like, and it's because there was, like, I remember in, like, the first quarter, the Cowboys went up by at least two scores, maybe even three. Like, and it just felt like they were going to, you know, easily win. Their defense was forcing turnovers for the first time all season. But then the Giants somehow managed to make this in a really close contest. And obviously the Dak injury happened, which was another, you know, nerve-wracking type of thing. But it was – it really went down to the wire. And I, you know – if I was the Cowboys, I would not be happy about this game, even though they won. You know, if you need to, you know, pull out a win like that against the New York Giants, then you need some work on your team because they're going to, you know, they're going to need to step it up if they, honestly, I think that the Eagles might have it, as crazy as it sounds, they might have a chance at winning the division still um, because the Cowboys haven't looked good. Not at all. Uh, moving on. Browns beat the Colts 32-23. to They go to 4-1. They've had a really good start. Baker Mayfield was eh in this game. <laughs> 247 yards, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. Uh, Landry was good. Kareem Hunt was okay. Uh, Phillip Rivers did not have his best game as he threw two interceptions, and I did not have much to note on this game other than Jonathan Taylor for the Colts and a rushing touchdown. Uh, what did you think about this game? Yeah, so I got two stats. Um One's Rivers, one's Baker. Spoiler alert, neither of them are very good. Um, Rivers, this is his seventh game with two-plus interceptions since the start of 2019. That's tied for second most in the league. And Baker, he's in the fourth quarter of the last two weeks. He's 7 of 18, thrown one touchdown to two interceptions, and he has the lowest fourth-quarter QBR in the NFL this season. Um, Baker, he's just been a choke artist in the fourth so far this season. And Rivers has been, he's washed. Um, there's no other way to put it. Philip Rivers is washed. Um, and I actually have a hot take. So I think this might be, because this might be surprising to you, I think that Miles Garrett is the best D lineman in the league. No, I, I honestly, I mean, you have to consider Aaron Donald and stuff, but I mean, dude, he wreaks havoc. I have like, him. He's top three in I my opinion think... for sure. And I honestly completely agree. And that Browns run defense has honestly carried this Browns team so yeah, far. Like Cleveland's four and one in case you didn't realize. And honestly, I don't think it would be crazy to say that at this point, Miles Garrett is the MVP candidate because like, even if he doesn't have like a ton of sacks, like his impact is just felt because, you know, he gets double teamed every play and, He's great at setting the edge on the run, and he just gets the quarterback so easily, and he just wreaks havoc on offensive lines. And, yeah, like Aaron Donald, sure, you could say Aaron Donald's the best defensive lineman in the league, but that's why this is a hot take because I think that Miles Garrett is so, so valuable to this Browns defense. Yeah, and he's getting paid for it too, and he deserves it. Uh, moving right. on, Seahawks undefeated still, 27-26 over the Vikings. Vikings actually should have won this game, in my opinion. Russell Wilson was okay, 217 yards, three touchdowns, but he had an interception thrown. Carson was okay. Metcalf continues to shine. I mean, he is developing into a superstar right in front of our eyes. Six receptions, 93 yards, two touchdowns. I've always thought he's been really good. And after this week, 
Kirk Cousins is just continuing to go under fire. Yeah. Uh, All right. Oh, yeah. And do you want to do the – does the World Series start tomorrow? Yeah, it does. All right. So you want to do that preview tonight? Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, all right. That maybe tomorrow we can do NBA Finals. Yeah, all right. Okay, so let's start. Oh, well, hold on. Let's first talk about a couple of things. Mike, good? Yeah, am I good? Yep. So let's start. Just go, You just start by going into the Chargers and Saints game, okay? We didn't, we didn't talk about the – I didn't talk about the Seahawks. I just, oh, did you? Yeah. No. Okay. I remember where you left off, though. I'll just, I'll just jump right in. Okay, right. so – Start at 55. Yeah, Cousins really, he hasn't had a good season at all, and he didn't look good in this game. Um, you know, it was actually, this. it was a really slow start for, I mean, both teams in a way. Um, Russ did not look like himself, especially in that first half. Um, you know, he kind of has a reputation for not playing so great in the rain. And it was a rainy day in Seattle, um, you know, something you hear very often. So that was kind of the reason why they weren't able to throw the ball with a lot of success in the first half. Um, he had an interception in that first half, and but you know he started. He really turned it around after halftime. Um, he ended up with three touchdowns, and he had the game-winning drive. Um, so there was actually the thing that set up this game-winning drive was. Minnesota had a fourth and one within field goal range. I think it was like a 30-yard field goal. It's fourth and one. They're up by how many? I think six points. So if you kick a field goal, no. They were up by one, two, three. I do not remember. I don't know. know, But if they kicked the field goal, Seattle would have needed the two-point conversion. If they went for it and scored the touchdown, the game would have been over. And they were like, you know what, dude, we're just going to go for it. And Mike Zimmer was not successful. So Russ got the ball. Of course, he drove down the field in clutch rush fashion. And they did get the two-point conversion and won the game 27-26. to 26. Um, Another big thing from this game, Dalvin Cook had an injury. It was kind of like... He, was, he caught a pass, and, like, in the middle of the play, he started to just kind of limp off the field and went straight to the locker room on his own. Um, he's ruled out for week six, but it doesn't. he's not going on IR. It doesn't seem like something that's going to keep him out for multiple weeks. But Alexander Madison had in his uh, – he really was able to fill the void because, you know, Cook, he's probably been, you know, one of the top three or four guys at running back this year, and he's really been um, kind of – helping out that Vikings offense in a substantial way. But without with him out, you know, Madison, I believe he's one of the better backups in the league. Um, he was able to, you know, take advantage of the opportunity. Um, he rushed for over 100 yards on, like, 20 carries. So, yeah, what did you think of the whole game? Uh, Adam Thielen was good. He had two touchdowns. I just want to make a quick note of that. Um Vikings, this is a tough loss. They they should have won this game. And seriously, uh, if they keep losing, I mean, there could be a different quarterback there next season. I don't see it changing this year. 
I just, I just, I mean, Terry, I've said it in so many podcasts already. I don't think Cousins, and this game was on his fault anyway. I'm just, I'm just not a Kirk Cousins guy. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Uh, moving on, Saints beat the Chargers thirty to twenty-seven, and Chargers blew this game. And the Chargers' record could be four and one right now, but instead they're one and four. Uh, they have not been able to finish. Um, Chargers missed the possible game-winning field goal as time expired in the fourth. And that, I mean, that was brutal. I kind of, I didn't really care who won this game, but I'm going to make a quick note of Justin Herbert. First rookie to ever throw four touchdowns on Monday night football. He is blossoming. I mean, he was really good in this game. He made some highlight real plays. He has been so good for the Chargers so far. Yeah. Um, that was really the only thing I had to say about this game was Herbert. He's really, you know, they look like they're confident in him i he's gonna be their guy you know for years to come he's as the signs so far show that he's like a franchise quarterback and while personally i do think that a lot of people you know within like the media and just all overall i think like it's a slight overreaction to how good he is you know i'm not quite ready to you know be fully sold on him but i do think that i i am impressed by at least what he did this week, like you said, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, um, you know, not very rookie-like play because – but, I mean, he really has been – I mean, you could say that he's better than Burrow so far, and he's just looked good this season. That's really all I got to say about this game at least. And, yeah, like you said, it kind of – the Chargers could have won this game. I feel like the Chargers are just a team that are just, like, so – like at least so entertaining to watch and, like, interesting. Because you never know what's going to happen. Like, they're actually a pretty good football team. And, you know, now you got Justin Herbert stepping up and playing really well. And, you know, most of their losses is just, like, this, like, small coaching thing that – and, you know, obviously this missed field goal this time. It's just, like, it's always something with the Chargers. And I just think they're, you know, at least an exciting team to watch. Yeah, and I have uh, two last things to note on this game. Mike Williams had another good day. He had 100-plus yards and two touchdowns, so he's been one of the favorite targets for Justin Herbert, and Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry both had uh, receiving touchdowns. Uh, last thing, Michael Thomas did not play because mm. he reportedly fought and punched. Uh, I don't even know the guy's name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's not good. Yeah, you know, those types of things, I mean – I'm I'm gonna say that I feel like a lot of people do, and especially most of the time, overreact to players getting in fights at practice, specifically, because you know a lot of you know the good teams, like their culture is just like so competitive and energetic that they do get into like physical altercations a lot. But you know, and Michael Thomas, he's one of those guys. He's high energy, and I'm sure it's nothing really too serious, but. Um, you know, especially with COVID and stuff, you know, he's just, especially like throwing punches. Like one thing is like getting in the guy's face and shoving him and like talking trash and all that, and just like getting fired up. But it's like another thing when you're like throwing a punch at a guy. And I believe that the saints had a talk with him this off season about that type of thing. They didn't want him really doing that, but, and you know, he went ahead and did it. So that would explain why he got benched. Um, and he's also coming back for an injury. We don't know if he's quite 100%. So 
you know, that might have factored into the decision as well. But yeah, you know, like one, I just want like overall fights in practice are good punches and, you know, sometimes not good. I don't know. But that's all I have to say about that. Let's move on to the next game. And this one was, it's the last game of the week. This one was a blowout. And not one that many people expected. Um, Tennessee, you know, they missed last week against the Steelers. Would have been a really great game to watch. Um, but, you know, they had the COVID in their team. Um, but they did not look like they had COVID this week against the Bills. Um, won 42-16. to 16. It was Tannehill time um he had three passing touchdowns another one rushing and king henry um first of all let's just talk about that stiff arm that he had on josh norman <laughs> that was amazing that was hilarious he, he sent him flying dude that was he threw him. that was highlighted he, the year so far him. i think and the funny part about that is i was out to dinner that night and i was just showing my dad uh, my dad loves stiff arms, so <laughs> he said that's his favorite move. I was showing him some highlights of Derek Henry and said that he's um, known for his stiff arms. And then, like, five minutes later, this play happens. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He he picked Norman up and just yeah. threw him. I feel bad for Josh Norman, dude. Like, he just he got manhandled. And Henry in this game had two touchdowns. And, you know, this might be slightly controversial, but I think that Derek Henry – Give him a couple more good weeks, and he might be, you know, this is a hard uh, award to win for running backs, but he might be in the MVP conversation because the Titans are playing really well. And while I do think that Tannehill is underrated, he's a top 10, maybe even top 8 quarterback, um, and he's still a big reason why this offense is successful. Henry, you can't deny that Henry um, is definitely the pushing force. And if the titans end up being one of the powerhouses i think that he deserves his credit and he deserves to be an mvp candidate even if he's wrong. yeah i've got a hot take on henry actually i mean it's not the hottest but i mean a lot of people would disagree i think he's the number one running back in the nfl and that's just my opinion i don't think anybody's better than him. i mean as from a pure rushing standpoint i would agree on um, christian mccaffrey he's able to get involved in the pet like if i was the gm i would probably rather have McCaffrey or Kamara over Henry but you know I can't say that that's I can't disagree with you entirely yeah and also yeah obviously you said Tannehill had a great game Johnny Smith had two receiving touchdowns and former Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Butler had two interceptions for a total of 97 yards so he had a really good day uh moving on to the Bills uh Josh Allen was not very good he had two interceptions and two touchdowns, 263 yards. And that Stefan Diggs connection between him has still been really good as Diggs had 10 receptions for 106 yards. Other than that, I had no notes on the Bills in this game. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not uh, – I don't like when people overreact to one week, but, you know, at least as of right now, I think that this game took Allen out of his MVP race. Um, but, you know, like, obviously it's a long season ahead. It's one week. Uh, everyone's going to have bad weeks. But, you know, right now I think it's more of a two-horse race with Rodgers and Wilson and maybe some of the guys that I went around mentioning before, you know, Derrick Henry. But, yeah, that's basically all I got to say. Buffalo, you know, Tennessee haven't been practicing for the past couple of weeks, but you you wouldn't have guessed that. 
And honestly, there's been pictures and reports that they were um, practicing, you know, against NFL protocols, which I think the NFL should have looked into more and decided some more serious punishments because that's like, that's the reason why they still have positive cases like today. And it started weeks and weeks ago because they're apparently practicing outside of team facilities and having holding their own practices. Like that's, there's no way that they at least aren't doing something against the rules. And it, you could tell that they've been practicing because they looked really good out on the field. And, you know, they're all, they're all trying to like toot their own horn, you know, Ryan Tannehill's like, give us our respect. We're a good team, but it's like, you know, you guys, no one's disrespecting you. Everyone just hates you because you got COVID and you did a bad job of preventing it and you didn't follow protocols reportedly. That's why they hate you. They don't hate you because you're bad at football. No one said you're bad at football. It's just like, yeah, that's something that gets me mad. It's their whole breaking. The, it's simple rules to follow. Like they should just follow them, stop holding outside practices and, you know, deal with it. Yeah, and uh, that's it for those games. Uh, just a quick note on the bye weeks and the postponed game. Patriots and Broncos was postponed due to the coronavirus, and Packers and Lions were both on bye weeks. Uh, let's go to our top five performers of the week. Yeah. Um, honestly, I didn't I didn't think there were a lot of really, you know, standout performers this week. Um, it was, I didn't either. This was an easier list to make. Was, yeah, it was kind of almost hard for me to make. And I did have a lot of names on here that aren't um, usually regulars. But number five, this is a guy who, you know, can be found here relatively often. I had Derrick Henry at fifth. Um, He didn't rush for a ton of yards, but he did have those two touchdowns. And Tennessee looked like the team of the week. Um, They really blew the Bills out of the water. And the Bills are supposed to be one of the better teams in the league. Bills are supposed to have one of the better defenses in the league. Tennessee said, screw all of that. And Derrick Henry ran all over them. And obviously, you know, he had a stiff arm on Josh Norman, which I can't get over still. (laughs) All right. And number five for me, this was the only tough spot for me. I was torn between Aaron Donald and Brandon Cooks. I ended up going with Brandon Cooks. He had eight receptions, 161 yards and a touchdown. And he was the main target for Deshaun Watson, their first win. I mean, honestly, there weren't many candidates that I would say for the fifth spot. So it was kind of hard to pick a guy. And I almost picked Donald, but I decided to go. That's actually a pretty good pick, Brandon Cooks. He had a a great week. I don't know if we mentioned it before, but yeah, you said eight receptions, 160 yards. Him and Watson would really link it up. Um, But yeah, Donald too, he had the four sacks, three tackles for a loss. He definitely could have made my list. I forgot about him. You know, I usually forget about the defensive players. But let's move on to number four. Who would you have at fourth? Number four, I had Ryan Tannehill, 21 of 38, 195 yards, uh, 42 rushing yards, and four total touchdowns, no interceptions. I thought he was deserving. And uh, they just had a blowout win against the Bills. I had the other Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but – he had 350 yards, three touchdowns, and only six incompletions, which I mentioned all that earlier. But the main thing was that he blew out the 49ers, and they definitely weren't favorites by any means, and I thought that he was the most impressive um, part of that win. Yeah, and uh, going to number three, I had Justin Herbert. Uh, we said his stats earlier. I mean, he was incredible. He had threw four passing touchdowns, 200, 260 yards, 
Uh, he was just really good. And first rookie to ever throw four touchdowns on Monday night. I thought he was deserving of the number three spot. Yep, I had the same exact number three, Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, he's probably been at least – he's at least top three in the um, offensive rookie of the year um, race. But, yeah, number two, you had him at fourth. I have him at two. That's Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, same a lot of the same reasons as Derrick Henry – is just because that offense looked so good against Buffalo. And like I said, they were really just the team. They were like the team this week, and they looked really good out there on the field. And, you know, I thought Tannehill, I think he really is one of the more disrespected quarterbacks in a way because, you know, if you look at it, he's at least the top 10 guy in the league. Um, as a starter in Tennessee, I believe he's 9-3 and three now. So, you know, his touchdown, his stats all around look really good. And, I mean, we shouldn't really judge him for his time in Miami because his court, his coach was none other than Adam Gase. And you know what I think about Adam Gase, so. <laughs> all right, for number two for me, I had Chase Claypool, seven receptions, 110 yards, three receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Uh, you know, monster game. I wish it wasn't against the Eagles, but. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I mean, that was another good pick. I for, I kind of forgot about him. He might have been in there at number five for me over Derrick Henry, but number one, um, I'm assuming you had the same guy as me, but I'm not sure. I had Derek Carr. Um, he really lit up the Chiefs. He, like I said, he threw it deep and it paid off. He had a season high, 347 yards passing, um, and he. Didn't turn the ball over, I'm pretty sure. But who did you have at number one? You know, I did not have sure. Derek Carr. I mean, I he probably should have made this list, but I kind of forgot about him. That uh, means your number I mean, one could... probably wasn't on my list either. So, uh, No, he was. He was taking guess. Patrick? Yep. I, ha- I had him in mind because he was outstanding. And honestly, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the game. I think he's top ten for sure. And, you know, he's, I mean, he's just been really good. He only had six incompletions this game. Uh, yeah, Derek Carr probably should have been on my list, but probably over Brandon Cooks. But yeah. what are you going to do? Ryan Fitzpatrick was my number one star yeah. this week. Um, Fitzpatrick, you know, like you said, like, you know, he has his good games, he has his bad games. But, and we've, we've talked a little bit about how they have two awaiting in the wings and should they give two a chance. But, He's really given them no reason to let Tua into the game at all, unless if it's been like a blowout, because he's just, quite frankly, been really good, and he deserves that starting spot. He deserves to play over Tua. Um, I don't care if you're the number five overall pick, number one overall pick. If the guy in front of you is playing this good, you're not going to see the field. And Fitzpatrick, he played good this week, and he's just done his job all season long up to this point. And yeah, I I think that maybe he could have been higher on my list. I don't I don't think he was a bad choice for number one. All right, then that's yep. all I got. Um, that's gonna be it for this episode, NFL Week Five, right? Um, yeah, so yep. we'll come out with Week Six shortly, and we've got a few other podcasts coming up. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of an M or a World Series preview. We're gonna do. Um, NBA Finals recap, a lot of 
you know, since because of the pandemic, all the basically all the sports are just going on right now. So we got a lot to do, a lot to talk about, and we'll see you all next time. That's it for today. All right, see you.